the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the 2010 and 2011 Mr. Puss in Boots, the most entertaining, the most interesting luchador of all professional wrestling, Lucha Lince Dorado. And I'm also the MLW World Middleweight Champion. And you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. That's right. It's me. It's me. I am your host with the most to boast. That's as much as I got with the rhyming game today. I already worked 12 hours. I am tired. I'm former dirt sheet writer Lee Walker. You can find articles of mine on Ringside News, Sports Kita, The Sportster, and The Richest. Woo, 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 you know it. And joining me today is my pristine co-host, the perched correspondent, YouTube.com, in Justin We Trust. The man of 105 shows. That's right, he's been to 105 live shows. Ladies and Justin, larger toe. Because I said ladies and gentlemen, Justin, instead of <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's, here we go. That's right, that's right. Uh, so it's actually 104 right now, but within the next week or so, it's going to be... Uh... 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 110, and 111. So, you know what? Uh, we can barely keep track as it is, but I'm here today, and I'm here with Lee. Here to talk some wrestling, going into the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania, Los Angeles, California. It's so close, yet so far. We're going to talk about it. Oh, we're going to talk about it, and ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be there vlogging our experience at WrestleMania, this will be my first WrestleMania. This will be Justin's how many? Uh, for me, this will be number four. It's his fourth WrestleMania. It's our first WrestleMania together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how we did that in sync. That's fucking great. Oh, God, that was awesome. Yeah, so fans, we're going to be vlogging that experience. You can actually go to our YouTube page right now, YouTube.com slash perched on the top rope where I've put out like a little teaser clip of myself meeting Soraya and myself meeting Cody Rhodes. Uh, it's also on TikTok, uh, perched on the top rope. That's got over 22,000 views there. Like, damn. Um, Justin is currently editing the big event experience where we met Cody, Soraya and other superstars. So you get to watch that video. I believe it'll be on uh, YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope and YouTube.com slash Injustin We Trust. Yes, it'll be on both. It is coming. It, March has been a very busy month for me, so I'm trying. Please bear with me. It's coming. <laughs> yep, and there's also something really cool. We have another vlog of Justin's show number 103. With all of us at WWE Road to WrestleMania Tour in Syracuse, New York. So make sure you check uh, both those YouTube pages out for those videos. It, it, it's awesome. But Justin, while we're we're on WWE, 
Roman Reigns promo work has like stepped up immensely. Yeah, absolutely. He's come a long way from the uh the Jack and the Beanstalk and the suffering succotash of the Vince McMahon era in 2015. Oh yeah. And you know, oh, these let's, not days... forget, let's not forget uh Tater Tots as well. That's a that's a forgotten one from Roman Reigns. You know, I like they have that uh, Facebook page for wrestling images easily forgotten. Oh, I follow that too. Yeah. 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 Uh, eventually there's going to be like promos forgotten. And a lot of that work from Roman should be like forgotten. It should be erased. <laughs> yeah. Like never spoken about again, but we should watch it on that page. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> So I mean, his promo work has been fire, and, and Monday we it was no different when he laid into Cody. When it was the quote was, "You were stardust and didn't want to do that, so you ran. You went and started a company with your friends and couldn't get over, so you ran." Like those were such digs that, like, I felt that. Let's not forget Roman also came at him. Uh, he came back to the WB and his body couldn't hold up on him, referring to the torn peck. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But impressively enough, still wrestled with the torn peck. Like, I want to know what doctor was like, yeah, that's okay. You're fine. You can do that. <laughs> right. That That's what I was saying, too. But Like, uh, wow. Like That happens. <laughs> I mean, damn. This was a great promo work. Like the crowd's reaction was perfect, I thought. If they would have started cheering with Roman, though, I think we would have seen a shift in the di- dynamics of how this feud is going. Right. You know, because like look how Sammy was in the bloodline, because for all intents and purposes, that's a heel faction. But Sammy was so over in the bloodline, it almost gave the bloodline a feel like they weren't heels. Right. You know what I mean? And it it, it didn't help when Sammy was purposely out there trying to get Jay and Roman to corpse. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm like? Fans, if you don't know what that is, it's like when they like break their character and like laugh on screen and stuff like that. Send for the man. Botchamania style. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, love Botchamania. I went on like a 12 episode tirade of that the other day watching Botchamania. I have Great. to. Do that. I'm so behind on it. Uh, I watched like literally like episode 460 down. It was hilarious. Oh, God. But yeah, his promo work has, has been great. And, and honestly, like I said, if the, the crowd would have reacted different where they started chanting against Cody and that, I, what would you do there? Right. Because, like, if the fan, like, you know, say later tonight on SmackDown, they, like, Roman comes out and they start those chant, you know, those chants start up again where he's bashing on Cody. 
you have a shift then. You have a shift in the heel face and that at, at this current time, literally a week, not a week. Yeah, I'm going to say a week. It's going to be a week. It's about a week. Yeah. Eight days. Before WrestleMania, that, that would not be good. Like they need that face heel dynamic well known. And like that, that promo could have almost broken that if the crowd reacted differently. Right. And if you think about it, that also affects some of these side stories with the bloodline where you see, you know, Roman and Jay in their segment they had this past Monday on Raw, where Roman, he, he, I think he can kind of tell like Jay's not fully into this. He's more in this, you know, to protect Jimmy and make sure Jimmy doesn't get his ass beat by uh, the rest of the bloodline, which is pretty much Roman and Solo. But speaking of Solo, what did you think about the, you know, the comment Cody made? How he was comparing Solo to how. He was in legacy, you know, kind of hanging around Randy Orton, the established world champion. And that's kind of the spot Solo's in right now where he thinks he's ready, but he's not ready. It was wise. I would say that that is like a thing. See, like to me, that's a that is a planted uh, statement that only furthers we're going to see the bloodline breaking up. Right. It's clear that Solo can literally be a solo act. Mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't carry the Uso name like his brothers. But I don't know if that's a fair comparison like at the time where Cody was with Legacy and where Solo is because Solo hasn't been around that long already where Cody was kind of already a little bit you know mm -hmm. it was already there type deal and already had a little time in WWE under his belt Solo it's only been NXT and, and he's been on the main roster I would say I would I would say in all fairness that's a short time yeah I mean, he's only been on the main roster roughly maybe six months, maybe not even that. Yeah, so I don't think it's a fair comparison, but I would say that in time, like if the bloodline goes another two years, yeah, it's oh all, it, or, or even another year, that's a fully true statement right there. <laughs> but he hasn't been part of it that long. I feel like to say that you're in a stagnant spot or, you know, this or that. No. Um, I think it's one of those spots that you say to give the fans a pre-warning, this group ain't lasting. And now I just planted in his head. He's better than what he's doing. So now he's going to start questioning things just like Jay Uso is going to start questioning things. But like we've seen Jey Uso, it doesn't really look like he's questioning things anymore. It looks like they're more going to go with Solo on that. Right, and th that kind of plants the seed for a Roman Solo feud, you know, later on in the future, whenever this this bloodline storyline and the stable, you know, just kind of implodes. Um, but, you know, you had the ending sequence on Raw when uh, Solo's looking to go after Cody and kind of prove that statement wrong, and Roman kind of stops him. So you know what? It's kind of planted in your head. Like maybe Roman knows what Cody said. It, Roman believes it. Actually, I, I don't want to say it's true, but Roman believes that's the case. So he doesn't want to expose Solo. 
Believe that. Believe that. Yeah. No. Um. And did you see, like, the little video of what happened after Raw? I did. With Roman walking out. Basically, it looked like he was yelling at Solo. Yep. No idea what he said, but over at TikTok on Perched on the Top Rope, uh, we have the footage, and we're playing a game. Guess what Roman said? Oh, boy. So, Justin, if you could, do you have your phone on you? I do. Go to TikTok, watch the video, and tell me what you think Roman Reigns is saying. Because I will... Oh, man. Mia Yim's TikTok just popped up. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Let's see what Roman had to say. Damn Wi-Fi is terrible. You gotta you gotta hate it. I do. Mine's not bad though. At least for this, it's good. You see, so the Cody Rhodes song is playing in the background, so I think kind of think he's just singing along. <laughs> kind of trying to hide that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fans, if you want it, like, there's some... in my soul, something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's yelling. All right. Um, so, fans, if you want, go go throw in some comments. There's already a bunch there. It is TikTok perched on the top rope. Now, let's stay with WWE since, you know, we are going to WrestleMania and I I feel like talking about WrestleMania. I'm excited for WrestleMania. The Mania Night 1 main event it had seemed really really high Justin that we were going to get Sammy and Owens versus the Usos for the tag team championships. We also have Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. They, last I knew, both seem to be the front runner for the spot, unless it's already been claimed. Has it been claimed? Uh, as far as I know, it has not. Okay. I would say that those are the two, like, in the running for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. What do you think WWE is going to do here? It, it, is it a matter of what I think they're going to do or a matter of what they should do and what I believe they should do? You know, Give us all. Okay, yeah, let me, let me dissect this real quick. So, word going around, at least as of last week, was uh, Rhea and Charlotte was the the uh, front runner for this main event spot on night one due to political reasons. Now, let me talk to you. So Triple H is obviously for the most part running the joint now, right? Right. If anything, Triple H should know from fucking experience of all people that in this case, the story matters more than the actual, you know, the match or the Royal Rumble winner 
it's happened to him twice at WrestleMania when you think about it. WrestleMania 18, Triple H wins the Royal Rumble. He faces Chris Jericho in the main event. You know what he has to follow? Hollywood Hogan and The Rock, which took the crowd completely out of the rest of the show afterwards. And to this day, Triple H says, oh, you know what, that makes no sense. Why the fuck did we go on after uh, Hollywood Hogan and The Rock? But like I said, there's another instance. WrestleMania 25. It's Randy Orton, Triple H in the main event for the WB Championship. Randy Orton's the Royal Rumble winner, so it's the main event, right? And you know what? I'm not shitting on the story from that match because the story going in was really good. With, you know, Orton going after each member of the McMahon family and uh, Triple H breaking into his fake house and his fake wife being there and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but they put tacked down the stipulation last minute. If Triple H gets disqualified, he loses the title. So now at this point where you have this blood feud, you should have a stipulation or a no disqualification match, no holds barred street fight, something. But you just have a regular match for 25 minutes. And with the styles that Triple H and Randy Orton have, it doesn't complement a 25 minute match. As we've seen with other Triple H matches at WrestleMania that go way too long. You know what they had to follow on that show? In my opinion, one of the greatest matches of all time, probably my favorite match of all time, I would say, with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Remember? Heaven and Hell. There's two instances where you can tell the Royal Rumble winner does not need to main event. And you know what? They got that right the next year. Did they put Chris Jericho and Edge for the world title in the main event at WrestleMania 26? No. They were smart, and they put fucking Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in his last match in the main event. Because nothing was going to be able to follow it. So, you you break this down. You look at Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. You look at the tag title match. Pretty much all this SmackDown women's title match is, you know, falling on is the fact that Rhea is the Royal Rumble winner. And, you know, they had their match a few years ago when Charlotte beat her in the Performance Center in the fucking COVID Coliseum at WrestleMania. Um, But you look at Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the Usos, that's a story that's been building for almost a year now. And the crowd is into it. And, Lee, I don't know if you saw the segment with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, reuniting on SmackDown this past week. But that, that one segment, that one hug they did got more of a reaction than Charlotte and Rhea have in the last two or three months. So, I don't know how this is in any question. It should be the tag titles main eventing. Like, no argument. And, you know, they don't even say, like, when you win the Royal Rumble anymore, oh, you get the main event spot at WrestleMania. They don't do that anymore. They say, you get a championship match at WrestleMania. That's what they say. So, if I'm, if it's up to me, that those tag titles are main eventing. No question. Justin, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. I'm right there with you. Everything you said was was great. You brought politics into this, which tells me Charlotte Flair is being a crybaby piss pants. <laughs> I, I knew we were going to get in at some point in the show. I honestly thought you were going to say it. At one, like when you brought up Charlotte and the politics, I was about to be like, oh crap, he's going to beat me to it. Well, you know what? <laughs> she had to be in a crybaby piss pants if that's the case. And that's what I, and that's probably who, who the, the, the politicking is. 
you know, with, well, Cody won the Royal Rumble and he's in the main and they're doing the main event. Why can't we do this for the women's and yada, yada, which I understand, you know, what you do for one sex, you got to do it for the other type deal. But storyline purposes, I am super invested in the tag team division. I'm super invested in the Usos because the bloodline is main event everything they do every like oh. any you know whether it's raw or being on smackdown they're always part of the main event scene the whole group i'm more invested in that story i'm more invested in that match and let's face it we've seen rhea ripley versus charlotte already mm-hmm what are you going to show me different this time that you didn't show in the other matches that you've had? A crowd. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, this also goes back to when you hear a lot of wrestlers and legends say, you know, you have to show us something different. If I've already seen this match a handful of times why do i want to see it again and that's where i'm at and that's where you need to build more start that's where these guys like ricochet you know deserve shots and stuff like that i'm, I'm no tim but like i'm you know i gotta throw a name out there um but i don't care to see no offense i don't care to see you reverse charlotte again because what are the, aren't they calling it Rhea versus Charlotte three? Like it's the third time. Like it's like uh, they haven't labeled it that, but it, I think it's like the third or fourth time they faced each other one on one. Yeah, yeah. So like, do I care? No. I mean they've they've wrestled at WrestleMania once before, have they not? They have. Yeah. Yeah. So why does that need to be the main event? at night one if it wasn't the main event before on a night it was actually the opening match when they did it at uh wrestlemania 36 for the yeah NXT. so there you go <laughs> so so there you fucking go now nah, you don't need to be the main event i don't it's the story that's been built to it is not as good as the usos and sammy and kevin sorry not sorry usos versus kevin and sammy should be your main event if it's not the main event I know two people that will be at WrestleMania that will be booing the fuck out of the main event if it's not Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn taking on the Usos for the Tag Team Championship. Right, and that's not a knock on Rhea Ripley. She's doing great right now, but... Yeah, know, no, I love you, goth princess. <laughs> Please kick my ass. but um, <laughs> And then sit on me. <laughs> yeah, I'll gladly just... lay on my back for that. And you saw you saw a similar similar situation with uh, Charlotte and Ronda last year when Ronda won the Rumble Rumble and uh, they were second to last on the card for the SmackDown Women's Title. Yeah, and supposedly that was a big deal. That I'm not the main event. Well, you know what? I said it last year, and I'll say it again. Sorry, you can't main event over Stone Cold coming out of retirement for the first time in twenty fucking years and main eventing WrestleMania. Sucks to be you. Better luck next time. I don't care what match it was. Stone Cold was last. End of fucking story. Right. Here's my thing. I like. I remember this last year. We were talking about it last year when, like, I didn't think Stone Cold could have a match. Little did I know. I didn't expect to see that man doing body slams, 
and suplexes out on the fucking concrete, bro. Right. On the I, stairs. I, I was on those fucking stairs. in the stadium, man. <laughs> and I'm like, this motherfucker is literally giving it his all. Because, what was it? When he gave, uh, he gave somebody, when he came out with Mick Foley and The Rock, and he gave somebody a Stone Cold Stunner. I want to say it was Xavier Woods. The fucker tore his bicep. Remember that? He tore his bicep. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, we on the show, I was like, there's no way this motherfucker's having a match. I'd love it. I'd love it, but there's no way. And I was was very, very precise. I was like, no, the motherfucker tore his bicep doing a move. Like, nah. And then he's out there body slamming Kevin Owens in the crowd. And I'm pretty sure they did a suplex on, like, the, the, the walkway. They did. Or it was a body slam. It was one of the two. But I'm sitting there going, holy shit, the whole time I'm screaming, going crazy. Right. I had my doubts up until that bell rang that Stone Cold was having a match at WrestleMania last year. Right. Awesome match, though. Well, very good. Awesome. But it, it does go back to that. They've already had a match at WrestleMania literally two years ago, like two, three years ago. Like, I, n- no. All this tells me is that you have not developed the rest of your women's roster that you feel could be in that stature of a main event. So you're giving us a match we've already had. Nothing against the two competitors. I literally love Rhea Ripley. Charlotte. On on top of that. You left early at the big event, so fuck you. (laughs) Had they had gone in the opposite direction and did Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, you know, two women who haven't really touched in their time on the main roster, and two women who have been kind of on that same elevated path since coming to the main roster, I probably would have been singing a different song when it came to what's main eventing this show, and I probably would have been more okay with that. But I have no interest in seeing Charlotte and Rhea in the main event, especially when there's nothing behind it. They barely have had any interaction on TV, and when they have, it's to a very minimum... And they could have told a good story where Rhea's, you know, trying to redeem that loss at WrestleMania a few years ago, but they mentioned it once and it's, it hasn't been brought up since, you know, it's, it's a nothing story that they could have capitalized, but didn't. Yeah. It's. The story to the first match had a better build up at 36. Right. You know, like. It basically this I like they've had since the Royal Rumble to literally build this up between the two and like they're just starting it. Yeah, it was like yeah. what like a week ago they started this. Pretty much, that was like their second or third interaction on TV since the Royal Rumble. Like how how like at least this with Kevin, Sammy, and the Usos. This is long. Long, this has been long term storytelling that we're dealing with. There's you know much more invested in that than the four times we've seen Charlotte and Rhea in the ring together since the Royal Rumble. And I said this when Rhea won the Rumble and she chose Charlotte to face at WrestleMania, and I kind of stick by it to this day. I feel like one of the biggest reasons why she decided to go for Charlotte in storyline. And the reason they decided to make that decision, the creative team, was so they have an excuse to get Dominic on SmackDown to keep his feud with Ray going and build that match to WrestleMania. Yeah. 
That's still crap, though. Ex-Con Dom's going to beat his ass, by the way. Yeah. Deadbeat Dead now, Hall of Fame FTW. I, I'd also like to point out that if you're going to go to WrestleMania, like Justin and I are, since you brought up Dom, at least dear old dad and mommy have sold out. You cannot meet them at WrestleMania. Their tickets with Fitterman Sports have sold out, along with Bally and along with Drew McIntyre. So just to give you a heads up, fans. If you're like Justin and I, who, oh, oh nah. If you're like me, who you had the three it. tickets for Rey Mysterio, literally doing, I was literally doing my cart because uh, Drew McIntyre was in there too, and it like kicked me out, and then like I ADHD kicked in and like went on a, a spat in our group chat, and then completely forgot. I had two autographs for Ray in the pro photo op, right? I'm literally like putting my credit card info in everything's going in. I hit place order circle, 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 circle. Something went wrong. I put my credit card in wrong. I look at it. No, that's right. All the numbers are right. I try again, circle, 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 circle. Something went wrong. Then within that 10 minutes, Fetterman posts an ad that Bailey and Ray have sold out. My jaw dropped at first. And then I screamed the loudest, are you fucking kidding me? That I have ever screamed. My neighbor came and knocked on my door and asked if everything was all right because they thought someone died. <laughs> It was great trying to explain to them that I'm not meeting Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. So, oh I scared the shit out of my neighbors for that. That was hilarious. But uh, it was in my cart. I was literally purchasing it right then and there. And then I see the like ad on his like Facebook page with sold out written across those two. Yeah, I was so mad. I went into our group chat because you guys had posted it. Hey, Ray sold. I was like, yeah, no shit. It was in my fucking cart. I was literally paying for it. <laughs> Within like seconds, I got fucked over. Whoever got those last tickets, Mecca Lekka high, Mecca Lekka go fuck yourself. I agree. <laughs> and then Justin goes to me, hey, did you get Drew? I was like, no, I was doing it after this. Oh, it's sold out. Thank you. It's okay. We still you're like against an Oscar, though. <laughs> you you are you are literally bad news, Barrett. Right now, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Well, you still have a shot at Taker, so. Oh, I'm gonna get Taker and Oscar at this point. But at this point, WrestleCon's gonna be more fun. Meeting Butch from like, the Bushwhackers. Ah. You know, and, and, and some other stars. We'll talk about that uh, in the vlog so fans can get that experience. You know, while we're on, like, the whole thing with Mania and, like, these meet and greets and stuff that we're, that we're seemingly now missing out on 
and and yes, we are being crybaby piss pants. Uh, I'll pissing all over the place, crybaby piss pants. Yep. Last year, we did not have the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship on WrestleMania. And this year, they are in very high-profile matches. This year, it's the U.S. champ Austin Theory taking on John Cena. And the Intercontinental Championship is the IC champ Gunther taking on both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. First off, that match alone is going to be a banger. That's going to be a, yeah, that, that triple threat match is going to be a hard hitting match. Yeah. That has potential to be match of the weekend. Honestly. Yeah. That's going to be like, I'm expecting to see blood vessel, broken chests from welted hand slaps of Gunther. I'm expecting them from Sheamus when he gets them under the ropes and hits, you know, that 10 pound, you know, 10 punch thing he does with the forearm. Mm -hmm. Drew's got that nasty headbutt that he likes to throw and, you know, he whips his hair into it. You're like, damn, like you're Ron Simmons. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm expecting a hard hitting match. I'm by the way, I'm also expecting to see someone fly over the top rope, which I'm expecting it to be Drew. Oh, it's definitely going to be Drew. <laughs> I, I am expecting a spot like that, or someone jumping off the top rope to the outside type deal. Because you got to ma- imagine uh, Kaiser and Vinci will probably be out there as well with Gunther. Yeah. So, like, I'm expecting some sort of big spot like that to happen. That'll be badass. Right. Um, right. You'd be like Shades of the Undertaker and like Roman, you know, when you know they did it, which would be just freaking awesome to watch you know drew is such a big dude and to see him to see somebody fly over that top rope is going to be pretty cool or like going through like power bombing someone over into like people something i'm expecting big spots with this match big heavy hard hitting spots this is going to be like i want to say like a new japan pro wrestling style match for me i just a hard hitting match and i'm excited for it oh yeah there's going to be a lot of stiff shots in this some big meaty men slapping meat is what you're going to see in this triple threat. Giggity. (laughs) (laughs) You know, then we got, you know, then we got the United States championship with Austin theory as the champ taking on John Cena. I feel like we're getting like a United States passing of the torch match because realistically, if John Cena wins, like what? Like, who's going to face him to beat him? Like, how often are we going to see him back on TV? I know he's got stuff going on uh, in Hollywood, just like Batista and just like The Rock. But if Cena wins, realistically, what do we get here? We get Cena as uh, the United States champion again. But do we get Cena on TV every week? Do we get that weekly challenge again? Or is he going to be showing up periodically with the belt until they have someone to take it off him? Which I, I also don't know like what the point of that would be is having him as like a transitional champion for John Cena at this point in his career. I, I can see this as Cena passing the torch sort of match. 
Yeah, and I think if you do see Cena win, he ain't leaving Los Angeles with that title. Like, you know, come Raw the following Monday, you'll get your John Cena U.S. title open challenge, and, you know, whether it's a Braun Breaker or Jay White or whoever, uh, Cena will not leave Los Angeles with that U.S. title. Or uh, or a Matt Cardona, or whatever he is in this universe. Woo, woo, woo. I mean, Cardona did say he's free that weekend and night. He'll be in Hollywood. But that also goes back to, I think, because people are hinting that Lashley might not have a WrestleMania match now. Well, did you hear the backup plan if uh, Bray Wyatt and Lashley is not a go, which they got to figure out by the, the beginning of this week. They only have a few more days. I mean... Fill me in. Well, backup plan right now is the almighty Bobby Lashley versus the only man you can have WrestleMania in L.A. He's got to be there. L.A. Knight. Yeah, let me talk to you. Okay. I mean, there's not much time to build it now. <clears throat> from what I've heard going around is that it's a physical something with Bray Wyatt. At this point, who knows what the fuck's going on with Bray Wyatt? <laughs> I've, I've heard it's a f- something physical, but like no one's saying an injury. I've heard that Bray Wyatt is going to be going a character change again. Another I've one? heard <laughs> I've heard since Vince is back, Bray's not happy and left and this and that. And it's just like whatever the real thing that's going on, we're not gonna know until Bray Wyatt's back or not back. That's hey, it. I'm getting pretty tired of this shit. They won't let me wrestle with the lights on. <laughs> As long as there's not like a soda sponsored match again, like... nah, bro. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> yeah. Ah, God. Okay. No, no, we can't go there. Yeah, you know Bray would be perfect for the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match because you got, you know, uh, I know it's not even Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but Apple Jacks. You know, the little uh, cinnamon guy with the dreads. Bray already has the dreads, so he's good to go. And uh, then you could have, like, Otis dress up as in, like, a red singlet. He could be the apple. I, I, I'm just spitballing ideas here, man. Oh, you mean kind of like how Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura had to wear that, like, twisted Yeah, teeth. the Mike's Hard Lemonade last year. Yeah. Yeah, how they had to wear that ring gear. And then that ring gear is in the video game for Rick Boogs and WWE. I noticed that, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm all for wrestling progressing, you know, and I know that like WWE has 100% gone more Hollywood route, though we're in Hollywood for WrestleMania this year. But if you've noticed, like now they're signing Hollywood talents, you know, like we got Mr. Paul, 
you know, you, we're getting more names like that, like Bad Bunny, and Bad Bunny's hosting the event in Puerto Rico. Adding more Hollywood stars is like a mainstream thing for for pro wrestling, or or really just WWE itself. You know, I'm 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 totally okay with. You know, having like the commercials within the commercial type deal, you know, I'm okay with the company plugs and crap like that. You know, it's, it's strategic marketing, I understand, but sponsored matches, like what the fuck? I'm not like, I swear to God, if like they announce a between SmackDown or Raw or even Smack the go home for SmackDown in Hollywood. If they announce some fucking sort of like Snickers on a pole match, some sort of Mountain Dew wet t-shirt contest match, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind because these sponsored matches by companies I think is a little ridiculous. You know, the a Snickers match could actually work because you know how their uh, tagline is feeling hungry and you're not yourself when you're when you're hungry? Yeah, I honestly thought, yeah. You could just have the two guys switch gimmicks, you know? I honestly thought you were going to ask me if I was hungry because of my rant. No, no. I know how you like to rant. It's good. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, I mean, it's it's great that we got these two belts in high-profile matches this year. Some respect being put on these titles' names, and it's awesome to see. As they should, I would just like to see the Intercontinental Championship be redesigned. Yes. I think it's god-awful. Or some fucking paint thrown on it. Something. Something. Give us something. Give us something so we know it's actually the Intercontinental Championship. But we don't have that right now, so... Anyway. Justin, you know what we haven't talked about? What's up? They're on your shirt. Oh, you mean uh, the Living Legends? Uh, FTR? Get it? FTRR? Get it? Got it? Good. <laughs> AEW, man. Uh, FTR gave us like a little tease. I mean, I don't know if it was really FTR, but... Uh, we know the guns are the tag team champions, and well, I don't think anyone really cares about that part. But no, it's my understanding we have FTR against the Gun Club, the guns, no, whatever. Just the gun, just the guns now. Okay, just the guns, just the guns. I'm gonna go with that. So, just the guns are taking on FTR, and if FTR loses. They're going to leave AEW. Now, you said there's no date for this match yet? Yeah, so I would imagine it's going to be this upcoming Wednesday on Dynamite, but they didn't announce it as they were going through the match card for next week. So it could be next week, it could be in two weeks, but two weeks it would be in the month of April. Uh, I would imagine FTO would have to sign an extension by then, or Tony Khan will just let him fucking work without a contract. I don't know. Tony Khan's unpredictable. He has more money than Jim Crockett, and he's not going to stand by and take this shit. 
So. So here's my thing. Like, if, you know, Dax has made it known because on his podcast, uh, he did say, you know, our contracts are up in April, uh, but then seemingly didn't want to, you know, said that they weren't going to stay with national television. They, you know, want to check the indie scene out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then he posts like a photo of like some new tequila or something he was going to try. And there was a, a little stack of paperwork off to the side, which clearly had a WWE logo on it. Now I thought we weren't going to see these guys back until it was. Hey, all of a sudden they left AEW and everyone's going, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Well, that wasn't the case when, you know, they made the return. I was shocked. What'd you think about it? Even when the guns won the titles, I was under the impression FTR was coming back and it was going to be a transitional title reign. And even this far into it, I think it's the same thing. I think these this title reign for the guns is literally just to drop it to FTR. But what if FTR doesn't re-sign with AEW? Well, then we gave the good titles of the fucking guns for no reason. <laughs> then you gave it to FTR for no reason, because they're going to have to lose them. Unless they've already re-signed with AEW and haven't said anything. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see Tony Khan letting work them work without a contract, even, that is, even though that is fucking risky, and I don't recommend putting titles on somebody who is not under a contract. But uh, especially considering they've lost all their other championships as well. Right. That's where I really thought they were leaving when all that started to go down. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was more so not even them confirming that they're leaving, but, you know, a just in case kind of moment where it's like, OK, if these fucking guys are gone in four months, we got to get these titles off them. Yeah. I just... You know what? It's funny we bring that up, because if you remember, FTR lost the AAA tag team titles to uh, Dragon Lee and his partner, and Dragon Lee is walking around on fucking NXT now, so... Yeah. You're right. I mean, shit. Shit's happening, man. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. If the guns retain and FTR is bye-bye. Or if FTR wins. Guess we're going to have to wait and see. But, you know, speaking of AEW, we are going to see Adam Cole, I guess, re-debut, coming back uh, from injury. It's his first match in nine months, I want to say it is, since the Forbidden Door pay-per-view last year. Yeah, so since... uh since the injury coming back hell of a match he's going to have with Daniel Garcia what do you th- first time ever I- i've seen garcia before he was a big name i saw him at uh, excite wrestling actually sports entertainer not so much professional wrestler absolutely <laughs> Him and Adam Cole, 
it's going to be a good match. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's a fresh match we haven't seen yet, as I said. Uh, and all this to promote AEW's new show, AEW All Access, premiering after Dynamite this upcoming Wednesday. Lee, what, what do you think about that show? Because uh, they were showing some commercials throughout Dynamite, and uh, they mentioned that this was the first time in history the doors we peeled back to professional wrestling. And I uh, I looked at that and I kind of said, Total Divas? Beyond the Mat? No? TNA Reaction? <laughs> Any fucking shoot interview a wrestler's done? Right. I'm like, oh, okay, if you want to advertise it like that, but... Wrestlers with their own podcast, which your own people have. Yep. Uh, <laughs> have you not heard of anything that WWE has on Peacock? Oh, Roads to the Top. Remember that, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time the. Um, this. Does he not remember the Fox it's not show? Even the first time for this company. <laughs> Does he not remember um, Fox had a show, uh, Wrestling Exposed, which saw Harley Race under a mask and Adam Pierce under a mask because they couldn't show who they were because they were exposing the secrets to professional wrestling? That was a show, by the way, in 1999 because Adam Pierce uh, on IMDb is credited for it. And uh, he worked a shoot with us on Twitter when I tweeted it at him. And he goes, I was not part of that show. I've been trying to get IMDb to take that off for years. And let's not forget, she's a stunt granny. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, it's not the first time ever. Oh. It's not even the first time in the last year. <laughs> Uh, it's like when Tony forgot what the fucking forbidden door definition was. Yeah, and it was which, his by own... the way, what, <laughs> which by the way, what, what happened to Jay White signing with AEW? Because like that's what the announcement was when he forgot what the forbidden door meant. Because he thought it was Keith Lee, and I was like, no, if you're released, it doesn't mean you're forbidden. Well, sign uh, him to sign him to a two month deal, get him to forbidden door, and then that's it. Is that what it was? Or are you fucking with me? I feel like that's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. There probably was no contract. He was just probably like, let me say it on TV. Right. Oh, God. Every week on this fucking show is a forbidden door. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> oh, we had it in the main event this week, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Which. Justin. What'd you think of that match with Kenny Omega and Viking? Unfucking real. Just nonstop. Had plenty of time. I want to say it was given at least 25 minutes to, you know, for them to just go out there. And as they brought up on TV, this was a match that's been building up for the better part of a year and a half. Uh, Omega was supposed to defend the Mega Championship, which Vikingo still has, by the way, uh, against Vikingo at AAA in late 2021. Uh, as we all know, Kenny Omega was injured as fuck around that time, where he was world champion and the belt collector, so he wasn't able to fulfill that commitment. And this was the uh, this was the result. We finally got that match, and it definitely didn't disappoint. 
So I knew it was going to be a great match. There was Justin. There's no denying that. But the average fan, casual fan, however you want to describe, like, however you want to describe a certain fan that like doesn't know people outside of like United States wrestling, whether it be Mexico, AAA, Sam LL. Uh, New Japan, All Japan, uh, DDT, all those companies, stuff like that. I knew it was going to be a great match. I, I know the competitors, but like at the same time, I didn't know the history between them. I didn't know anything outside of I've watched the man's highlight videos on YouTube. You know what I mean? So like for me as a casual fan, when it came to this match, I was interested because I knew it would be a good match. Other than that, I was not interested. There's no story to it. As far as I was concerned, AEW didn't even tell you who the fuck he was. You, uh, Julio there, you know, you, I know who Kenny Omega is, like, fucking perfectly, but I need a background. I need a reason why this match is happening. I need some storytelling. AW, like, to me, did not deliver on those three. Out of four, which is the match itself, I got, like, I got one-fourth of what I needed to fulfill me to be happy. I mean, I, I was, don't get me wrong, again, Great match. It was a great match. They put on a hell of a show. Let's. I'm being real here with that. There's no denying that. But this is where AEW, in my opinion, like messes up quite a bit. Especially like when you get the New Japan people in. I know who they are. But what's the story to why they're here? What's the reason behind this match? They don't do that. They just announce the matches and that's it. It loses me a little bit, honestly, as a casual fan. And I mean, I'm not the only one because you can go on any fucking social media platform and see the same thing that there are other fans complaining about the same thing that I am. So I'm not just a crybaby piss pants. They're all crybaby piss pants too. But it being a great match just is not enough for me, Justin. And I get that, 100%. And they, you know, they, I think that's where AEW drops the ball with this. It's a lackluster with stars from other companies. You're not being explained who they are, why they're there, what they're doing. You know who does a great job with that? Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. When Impact Wrestling has done stuff with New Japan, you get a lot out of it. You know, even if AEW gave us like a video package of talent they're bringing in from other companies, so you, you get something out of it. You know what I mean? And it's just not, hey, here's this guy from somewhere else. He's going to have a match tonight. 
He's going to have a match next week with this guy. He's going to have a match with MJF. He's going to have a match with Kenny Omega. He's, oh, look, he's bringing his tag team partner. They're going to have a match with the Young Bucks. Well, who the hell is the tag team partner? You know, so on and so forth. You, you get the gist of it. Uh, it's just a, it's a struggle for me in that sort of realm because I am somebody who wants a story. I'm somebody who wants them to have a reason that they're having a match. And, you know, I get it to AEW Dynamite because like WWF Raw or WWE Raw, you know, used to with competitors, you can be in a storyline and have a match with somebody and not needing like a story is why it's just, Hey, you're having a match, you know, you're getting ready for your opponent at WrestleMania, you know, like stuff like that can make sense. For me, this was just, Hey, we're bringing in a star from somewhere else. If you're the casual fan, I don't know what to tell you. We're not going to tell you much about him. You should know about him already. That's basically what I get out of it. And it's like, it's like sometimes watching AEW, you got to be a part of like a secret club to really know what's going on. Yeah, it's like an inside joke you have to know to get it. And like I posted about this because I posted about the match itself on our Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. And and one of the first comments was, if you don't know him, Google him. Okay, but that's not my job. Right. AEW is the company that's bringing him in. If you don't know a certain wrestler that they're bringing in. Yeah. I'll YouTube like highlights to see what they're like as a, as a competitor. But like, I don't feel that it's my job that I, I should Google or YouTube somebody when literally you're paying so much money for this wrestler to be there. Why don't you give us a background as why they're there, why they're having the match? Show us some highlights yourself. Instead, you just get a graphic of the match, and that's it. Of you know, on social media, not even yeah. on a TV show. Yeah, not even on TV, but on Twitter. By the way, like announcements on Twitter, and I understand that, like you know that you know that helps his C- CEO and SMO. You know, his, his, his SEO and SMOs, you know, for his social media, because Tony Khan likes to do those announcements on his own, his own Twitter, and then the dirt sheets uh, hyperlink his tweet into the article. And, you know, then, you know, sometimes they'll give a description of who that wrestler is. But then again, like, you got to jump through hoops for this. You're the company bringing the wrestler in. You should be the one explaining it to your fans who don't know who that said person is if they don't know him or her. Right. Explain it, man. Like, Tony. And AEW does a lot of that. And, you know. That's that's the problem I have with it. Like, otherwise, I know it was a great match. It was a great match. Like, there was no denying it. Like, you were on the edge of your seat from the minute the bell rang. You know what I mean? Right. It was a pay-per-view it match. Like, it seems like a continuing factor with AEW is, you know, oh, no, the Dynamite rating's down. Better get the uh, Forbidden Door match for next week. Or Tony Khan's going to have a major announcement on Dynamite next week. <laughs> they can only be so many major announcements until, like, I mean, let's face it, that 
it factor of it's a major announcement has worn off because all we all fans do now is actually make jokes about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like in fact his major announcement last time about AEW all access, he didn't even make the fucking major announcement. He goes, Adam Cole's here. I think he should make the announcement. And Tony Khan just walked off. He yeah. didn't make it. He's like, ah, eh, here you go. Fuck, man. Uh, but, you know, speaking of an announcement, fans, when we get back from WrestleMania, uh, we're going to be kicking off the interviews again, hot and heavy. I'm just going to make an announcement now. April 7th, an ECW alumni himself returns to perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Dudley family, Chubby Dudley will be making his return to Perched on the Top Rope. That is April 7th. We look forward to that interview. Justin, you want to do a couple of reviews? Let's go for it. So, fans, as you know, or if you've gone to youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope, like I talked about meeting Cody Rhodes and uh, Soraya, uh, there's also video on TikTok that you can see. Justin and I went to the big event horror show. I mean, that's literally what it was called. The horror show. The fucking title fit. 100%. Couldn't, couldn't have picked a more accurate fucking description for this show. Oh, boy, did it fit. So... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you don't know what the big event is, it's a autograph convention meet and greet with a bunch of wrestling talents and non-wrestling talents alike. Uh, Fitterman Sports was also there part of this as Fitterman Sports brought in Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, the rated R superstar, Edge. No, 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 no. We're not continuing without uh, doing that right. The rated R superstar edge. Thank you. And there was also the American Nightmare Cody. Thank you. And there was other talents like from AEW, Impact, bunch of other, you know, legends. Now, the event started at 10.30 for the... Uh, 9.30 for Fast Pass. Oh, 9.30 for the Fast Pass. And then I believe it was 11 a.m. doors opened. No, 10. 10, oh, 10. Yeah, so it makes it even worse. <laughs> Okay, Jesus Christ, man. I thought, wow, I was way off on the times, man. Now I'm even more pissed off. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. So, 9 a.m., the Fast Pass people could get in. 10 a.m., us regular ticket holders could go in. Oh, God, made me want to be a vendor again, but also not at the same time. So, fans, you'll be able to watch in the vlog 
Justin and I on the road to this. Uh, parking was horrendous. Parking took up most of our time trying to find somewhere to park. Eventually, we found a lot about a quarter of a mile up the road, by the way. 20 minutes later. Right. So, literally, we spent 20 minutes looking for parking. Uh, we got to watch cars get towed from lots, which was hilarious. Sorry, Jumbo Ref. I, one of my buddies, his car did get towed. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, there was that. Now, we get in line. What time did we get in line? We got in, I think, a little bit after 9 o'clock. Yeah. So, the line is already astronomical. Like, it's blocks down the road, right? Right. Blocks. We happen to see some friends that are really close to the line. And they let us just hang with them. So, thank you, guys. I mean, there was also people there we didn't know that, like, let us, like, hang with them. That was, like, the whole thing. So... Uh, again, thank you guys. <laughs> Admitting we're line cutters, fuck it, whatever. Our our group did get separated a few times, like actually going into the building too, if you remember. Oh, I remember because like Cause I they kept cutting us off. Yeah. So and then at one point I had to go to the bathroom and like do, the dude's like you can't and I was like, it's this or I'm pissing in front of everybody. It's your fucking choice. I don't care. I'll fucking piss. I don't. I'll piss wherever. I literally did not care at that point. Lee was willing to be a crybaby piss pants in that line. Literally. Well, no, I was I no, nah, I was gonna get arrested. <laughs> fuck, I'm not pissing my pants. I I fucking give me an appearance ticket, it's no big deal. I would have made sure my back was to all the kids, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Cause fuck that. We don't need that charge. Anyway. 9:30 goes by. 10 a.m. goes by. 10.30 goes by, and the fast pass at 9.30 people still are not inside. So much for that fast pass. Now it's 11. I believe at this point they got in, right? They were in by 11. Uh, I think so, but keep in mind also 11 Charlotte Flair photo ops were supposed to start. Yes. So... The stuff that Fitterman was doing, they had a limited time on what they were doing because of the guests that they had. They're from WWE. That shit operates differently. So Charlotte's already started and there's fucking nobody inside. Right. You know what I mean? 1130 goes by. Fans are fucking restless. And I'm one of them. Let's not forget in the middle of all this, they decided to split the uh, pre-sale line from the people who still needed to buy tickets because before they were all combined. Oh, I was just about to do that. So now you've got two lines where people without tickets are in like this other line. And this guy with a like megaphone is like, you can get in when all these other people get in and they fucking erupted pissed off. Right. Then a third line formed. With, like, all these kids that were, like, way in the back or something. You know, we don't realize if they even have tickets or anything. We have no idea. 
I mean, if we're standing in line, there's kids behind us. Like, why? Why is this group like all the way up to the front now? Right. Right. And even even still to this to this day, I don't understand what the hell that was. So like after all the fighting, finally I just like I get up to the front and I scream, "If you don't have a ticket, get in this line. If you have a ticket, well then stay where the fuck you are." Basically, um, no one really listened. I don't think. No, not really. <laughs> so then, as we're getting shuffled in. The one security guard standing outside is allowing five from our line and then five from over where the kids are. And we're like, what the fuck, man? We've been standing here. You know, those guys said they'd been there since 7 a.m. I was like, wow, they were here for two hours. And we're just like, hey, we're going to hang out with you guys. Like, wow, good for you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so uh, also, I want to point out before we that even gets lost in translation. If you're wondering why it's taking so long to get into this building. Oh, yeah. I was only one person taking tickets. I would say it's a fair assessment. There was thousands of people there. A hundred percent. One person was taking tickets. And, and we'll get to it later because the line never stopped throughout this the entirety of this event. So now it's noon, right? And like we're just getting shuffled in and we're bugging the fuck out, guys. We are bugging out because we know we only have limited time for the people upstairs with fitterman right and we still had other people to get through that we had a that like we were like holy shit that's gonna be fucking crazy so justin and i decide to get the big event people first which in retrospect i'm glad we did yeah because it was all downstairs so we get now i get nia jacks justin gets nia jacks we got i uh, got I got Grand Metal League. Did you get Grand Metal League or no? No, I was I was gonna buy the figures until I saw that the guy basically had them priced all said and done was like over three hundred and fifty dollars. And I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. I think I went to Grand Metal League's line first because I was hearing in line that he was leaving at noon and I was like, Oh fuck, I pre ordered this guy. Like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> so and I mean, it was a good thing because, like, Lindsay was next to him, so I got to, like, schedule that interview, which, fans, that's happening at WrestleMania. That's going to be cool. So, while you were doing your thing with Grand Metalik, I was talking to Lindsay, scheduling our interview because we'd, you know, been chatting back and forth already um, after he gave us that really cool show opener. So, you know, we're doing all that, and... um. So you did that, and then we both went to Naya. I kind of walked around because, like, it wasn't as crowded at all. And I was, like, a little shocked. I was like, where the fuck is it? I was expecting shoulder to shoulder with as many people as we, were, like, had seen. So I get Mark Henry. Who, who else did I get? I don't even remember who else I got. Oh, I went and talked with uh, Ray Lloyd because I'm friends with Ray Lloyd Glacier. I'm friends with him. Mm-hmm. So I chatted with him. Uh, went around, met Soraya, got everybody I needed to, and still had a lot of time left because you and I were, uh, you went and did a few. Uh, who did you meet? Justin? Uh, so we we kind of split up for a bit after Naya. Uh, I got Hook, I got Acclaims, Roosh, uh, Frankie Kazarian, the Vaude Villains, uh, Killer Kelly from Impact. Uh, oh, uh, Nyla Rose from AEW. 
and I believe that was it on my list. And then we pretty much went to the Fitterman line. Oh, well, and, and I got Soraya too. So sorry about that. Uh, from there, I think we went to the Fitterman line after that. We just kind of met up again. Yeah, yeah, we met up at Soraya. That's where we met up because I was trying to find you. So this is where the real, like, the double shit show takes place. This is the second part of the shit show. We get in this long ass line that starts downstairs. It's not explained to anybody what the line is. We're just told that it's for Fitterman sports. So like we're thinking, okay, so we just we we get in line. None of Fitterman's people are down there working anything. Um <laughs> that line we were in that line for a long ass time. Two hours. Yeah. We were in a line for two hours to find out we weren't in a fucking line at all. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> because once we got more upstairs, finally we see Fitterman's people and they're going, this is the line for Cody Rhodes. And like we're like, we don't have our... Every, I, literally everyone's like, we don't have our tickets. Like I literally got my phone out like this. And it's, no, you got to get physical tickets. They're over here at a table upstairs that was not fucking explained to anybody at all. And I, I, before we even get in, into this, I want to point out how convoluted this fucking line that me and you stand in for two hours. So we were in line. We went to the un- end of the building, wrapped around, then walked back towards the main lobby where the front doors are. Then they took us through a hallway, down another hallway, through a or upstairs, through a conference room, then upstairs again, then down another hallway, and that was where the supposed line for Cody and Edge and Charlotte were to be told, "Hey, do you guys have your tickets?" Thankfully, I pre-ordered. Yeah, for me, I did not, and well, I attempted to, but did not work out for me. And while we were in this said long line for two hours, they said tickets were sold out. Well, they didn't even make an announcement to everyone in line. We had just kind of overheard it from somebody who was near us. Yeah, someone that was walking by type deal. Yeah. And then some people even started selling the tickets that they had. Right. So this whole thing is a complete fucking disaster, folks. Now, it's like, what, 2.30 three o'clock right and we're still downstairs we're still downstairs by the way there's people still trying to get into the big event and the fucking show ends at four right there were still people outside trying to get into the venue to do their autographs that tells you how long the line was outside and we were there at 9 a.m so there was a lot of people that i'm guessing didn't meet anyone or, like, had little to no time to try and do anything. I, I don't think we can truly describe how long this line was. Like, I really no. don't think it's possible. So, like, if we did not go and meet the wrestlers that we did, the way that that was set up, we would have never have met anybody besides the WWE people. Like, I think that's how that would have went. Yeah, because pretty much when I was told to fuck off by Fitterman, uh, because they were stopped selling tickets due to the, you know, we'll get that, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, uh, when I went downstairs at like three thirty or uh, three fifteen, three thirty, uh, that's when I noticed that there was still a line outside to get into the building. 
and about 70% of the vendors and their guests had left by that point. So. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of those vendors did well. No. Because like in the half hour, I was literally able to meet everybody I needed to. And I was expecting them to have lines and there was no lines and there was no lines because literally everyone was in line for Fitterman. Like it wasn't about the big event. This was about Fitterman. Right. That's what this, this was, this was Fitterman sports horror event. That's what this was. <laughs> Can't wait for WrestleMania with Fitterman. <laughs> no, I mean, Fitterman actually did me right. Um, I will say this. He's a very, very nice man. Um, he is there at the events. I'd actually lost my wallet. And he had it. He knew where it was and everything. And I was so thankful. But this event was not run right at all. It was not run right at all, man. Um, like Justin saying, like, we had to go upstairs to find out that's where tickets were. But no one said anything that, like, that's where you had to buy the ticket tickets. Like, the way it was with the vendors, you could go up to where they were and, and, you know, pay for, you know, pay for the stuff. I had kind of thought Justin, that's how it was going to be, but like I prepaid. So I thought I was just going to like show my phone that I had prepaid type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't realize I was going to get these cards and then I was going to have to get in line for this guy, give the cards, get out of line, go to another line, give the cards, do my thing. So Justin doesn't get to meet anyone because now like the, the tickets are sold out, but, it's not that they were sold out. It's what happened that caused the, and I quote sellout. And I'll right. let you explain this. Yeah. So you got fucked. I, I did get fucked and they didn't even use lube either. Buy me dinner first, which is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> so uh, once we get to the front of the Cody line, I believe it was, and we're pretty much told, Hey, you need your fucking tickets. I go down to where the Fitterman table is, which was a fucking chore to find on its own while even when we were upstairs. Uh, so I get in line and you tell me to pick up your tickets because I was even though we were being told it was sold out, I was still going to make my shoot my shot per se and, uh, you yeah. know, try to get, get in there with you. But uh, you tell me to go get grab your tickets and you stay in line. So the only issue with that was you have to show your ID when you pick up your tickets with Fitterman. Now, me and Lee are two good-looking motherfuckers, but I don't I don't look exactly like Lee, unfortunately. Well, I mean either way you look at it. I'm blushing now. You just need a longer beard, dude. It might happen. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and a little uh, longer hair on the sides. Right. But uh yeah, so then Lee had to get out of line anyway to come pick up his tickets and I'm just kind of sitting to the side at this point. Uh, Ryan Fitterman actually walks past me and I, I kind of try to shoot my shot again. And the way he explained it to me was, uh, they are unable to sell any more tickets due to the police and the fire marshals threatening to shut down the whole convention due to how crowded it was, especially upstairs. Cause downstairs at this point that we said, uh, wasn't as bad as it was upstairs on the second floor and the massive fucking line we had to wait in. Just to get to the upstairs level, uh, so that that explains why tickets stopped selling. Because even when I was hearing it was sold out, I'm like that. That something's weird about that. Like, you know, like th this stuff doesn't sell out. How many conventions? How many meet and greets do you go to and you hear, 
oh yeah, you better get your tickets because they're sold out. And guess what? There, there's tickets the fucking day of the event. You know, it happens all the time. Yeah. But uh, that explains that. And at that point, I couldn't really hate. He pretty much explained like they had to get this done by a certain time, which I would imagine was 3.34 o'clock. So at this point, he's just trying to get people out of there. Like, if you don't have tickets, like, get in the elevator, go downstairs. If you got to meet somebody, get in their line now. Like, it was just madness. It, it, you hear the expression a lot, like, it was a fucking zoo in there. Th- this was pretty much a fucking zoo. Yeah, and then, Justin, to add, to make it worse, right? The people that are supposed to have the cards at the table start walking around with them. Because like I saw the person with Cody and I was like, hey, right here and had to wave her down to get my tickets because she wasn't at the table. The only person that was at the table left was Edge. There was some Ric Flair and there was some Charlotte ones, but Charlotte left. Charlotte's like, nope, I've done my time. I'm out. Yep. And because uh, it was it was actually we know it was unfortunate because one of our friends who had tickets did not get to meet Charlotte. Right. And uh, it's also something to point out that um, uh, before I went back downstairs, uh, you know, they had already started refunding some of these pre-sales, whether it be, you know, people who didn't get to meet Charlotte that day or, you know, we just don't have enough fucking time to fulfill all these. So, like, sucks to be you, buddy. Yeah. So even if you pre-sailed or even if you pre-ordered, I should say, you weren't safe. Like, it's fucking incredible to me. Yeah. So, I've got my tickets now. I go get in Edge's line because his line is longer. I hand my Cody tickets off to Justin. And I say, dude, just go get in line for me. So, Justin does. There's literally no one there for Cody, and I'm not realizing it. I could have got my pro photo op done at that time. But now, at this point, Justin comes back and is like, there's no one down there. At this point, I'm literally like two people from Edge, and I'm like, well, I'll do this. Right. I get Edge done, and that's where I left my wallet. Don't even realize it, because I'm in such a rush to get to Cody. For some reason, I took my wallet out of my, my – I think to put my phone back in my pocket, and my phone and wallet were in the same pocket, and I took my wallet out by mistake, but then didn't put it back in my pocket. And I rushed down to Cody, and Cody's literally walking down to go do autographs. Like, oh, I got pro photo. I got pro photo up. And he was like, all right, let's get this done. Like, you can see he was kind of annoyed. But he's like, all right, let's get And he was great about it. Yeah. And then right after that, I go get in line for Cody autographs because then a bunch of people from Edge came down for Cody pro photo ops too. So like Cody and Edge definitely worked overtime that day. Because Charlotte skipped out. She was like, nah, I've done my time. See ya. Sorry if you couldn't get in the building when you were supposed to. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not my fault. You know, I, or if she left early, she she pulled a daddy move. She pulled a Rick move because he was notorious for leaving meet and greets early. Well, here's the funny thing. Rick was still there even before I went downstairs because he walked right past me. And I heard he only sold uh, 18 pro photo ops that day. Well, that that's oversaturation because he was at the last big event too. So, and he was there when I had the iconics there. So I mean, he's been at like the last three or four. Like when I had them, November of twenty one. 
Yeah, he'll be 21. Yeah, so two years ago he was there. Then he was there the following year. And then he was there again. Like, You can only meet Ric Flair so many times. I mean... I met him once, but that one time I had him sign everything that I had. Right. And it's not like he like really gave a rat's ass about me because I don't have fucking titties. <laughs> Shook my hand, did this, and didn't even fucking look at me. All right, that's cool. At least MJF let me interview him and called me a fat bastard. <laughs> then put his hand out like he wanted more money. I was like, no. I got like 500 photos because the kid that took my phone to do the photos just kept hitting it two minutes later mjf is like what the fuck is going on i'm like i don't know dude what the fuck like you know i gotta upload those as like a montage sometime because there's literally like 30 photos with me and mjf and it's and and he was already signed to AEW, which was hilarious um but it was cool and then like i said when i interviewed him he talked about being part of create a pro uh and shit like it was it was cool I'll, I'll have to pull it up it was an oldie but a goodie it was really cool to be able to say i interviewed mjf the aw world champion he just asked me if i had chicken grease on my fucking fingers so i mean i guess you got it better yeah but uh that's how that went so while I was thankful to be able to meet those that I wanted, overall, I said I will never go to that event again if it is at the LaGuardia Airport Hotel or so, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, while you bring that up, uh, I did go to Icons of Wrestling in Philadelphia this past weekend. I'll get that get to that in a second, but... There was some word going around about the big event, because you could imagine a lot of people who were at Icons were at big event as well. Uh, So by the sound of it, and this isn't confirmation, this is pure speculation that's been going around. uh, The big event has been kicked officially from LaGuardia. Oh no, whatever will we do? How terrible. Uh, But they've also been picked or uh, kicked from their previous event. Can't even talk. Their previous venue that they've been using last year was Terrace on the Park, which is like about a 10-minute drive from LaGuardia. They've also been kicked from there due to fans vandalizing the property back in November, which is why it wasn't at uh, Terrace at the Park this time around. Instead, it was at LaGuardia. So, Big Event is currently without a home. Uh, No November show has been announced at the moment, but it sounds like a possible venue, and it just, it's just—it's kind of crazy because I didn't know anything was still standing in this location. Is the old Izod Center? If you remember the Izod Center, WB used to run that building. They did actually did access their uh, WrestleMania 29 weekend, uh, but that building closed in 2015 or late 2014, and I thought the building was completely demolished. It's right across the street from MetLife Stadium. And I guess that's a possible venue. Again, not confirmed, but that was the speculation that was going around. So we'll uh, we'll see what the future is for Big Event going forward. Well, you spoke on Icons of Wrestling. Uh, this is an event I did not go with you. 
too, because it was literally the week after big event. Yep. And you got to save some money while um, I had spent $900 between two wrestlers. So I cried that weekend while you were getting more autographs. So why don't you tell us, why don't you first tell us how Icons was, who you met, and then give us the difference between Icons and the difference between the big event. Okay, so this was my second Icons that I had been to. Uh, we talked about how long the line was getting into big event, and that it took about almost three hours just for us to get in. We got into Icons in less than five minutes, and that may even be generous, probably less than three minutes, because what Icons did right, instead of having one person checking your tickets... They came outside, had somebody check your tickets while you were waiting in line outside, and they would stamp your hand. So when you walked into the building, you just kind of had to flash your hand and show them the stamp. Uh, so getting into the building was no problem. And from there, I met the likes of Gerald Briscoe, Lance Archer from AEW, uh, Johnny Drip Drip himself, John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Elite, a.k.a. Johnny whatever the fuck his name is this week. Maybe soon to be Johnny Honor, maybe Johnny Gorilla. Who knows, we'll see what happens. But uh, also met the Nasty Boys again, they were cool. Met Lex Luger, who actually remembered me from the last time I met him, which was very cool. Sean Spears, uh, awesome guy all around, second time I met him. And got in line for FTR at that point, who had... I, it's a tie for the first or second longest line at the show in, in, in general. Uh, but I met them. They're two of the coolest fucking dudes. Can't say enough great things about them. And finished it off meeting the Dudley Boys, which was probably the... I don't know if I'd say it was the longest line, but it was definitely the longest wait in a line I had that day. But, um, yeah... Icons compared to big, big event was a smooth ride, uh, no issues, got everything, everyone that I had planned to get, and yeah, everything worked out, and I don't know, I don't know if it's just, you know, dealing with a horror show the week before, that anything is better than what we had to deal with, but I, I had fun at Icons, it, it was an awesome time, honestly. I mean, I still had, I still had fun at the big event. We were, you know, even though it yeah, was, I, I had fun at the big event mostly because I was with you guys. Like, if it was just me there by myself, I would have been fucking miserable the whole time. Yeah. Um. It was just like the initial what we had to go through because it was just so disorganized. And that's why I've been like, dude, that thing with Fitterman was a shit show. Yes. You know, both had their faults with Big Event and Fitterman, but like, I really feel like that was like a ball dropped on Fitterman. Mm -hmm. It wasn't set up right. It wasn't done right. Now, when I had the Iconics there in 2021... AJ Lee was there. And the promoter was uh, 
Jerry Sorrentino. And I'll tell you what, he had that organized well. A lot better than Fitterman did. I got to give him that. So, I hope Big Event listens to this podcast because I hope that they heard what Icons did and, you know, takes notice. Like, why wasn't the guy with the megaphone out there instead of screaming at everybody? He could have been helping check tickets, too. Right. You know, to get everybody in. So, it is what it is. Um, Unless the big event brings somebody in that I'm, like, super excited about, I think I need to skip it because I feel like it'll just give me, like, really bad anxiety, and I don't need that. PTSD. Yeah, I don't need that. Um. I would love to attend an icon show at some point, and I, I probably will. I know that uh, I'm going to go to the wrestling classic this year. That's done by Captain's Corner. Ooh, um, together, a little announcement for me because I didn't know about that. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, I, I I'm going to go. You better call somebody. <laughs> I'm calling you. <laughs> um, there's a few other events out there. But for now, those are I'm, I'm staking claim with there. Very happy with uh, the the announcement so far. DDP, Kurt Angle, a bunch of other great names that the the wrestling classic is going to have. Uh, uh, also, breaking news: uh, Powerhouse Hobbs announced for the wrestling classic. Ooh, get your the current, eight. The current TNT champion as of this recording. That very well could change by next week. <laughs> Yeah. So make sure you get your powerhouse Hobbs AEW figures. <sighs> Justin, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you this. We're going to WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, we Fucking are. Ooh, California. We're going to be partying like it's the Godfather, Ice T, and D'Lo Brown up in Los Angeles. That is exactly why I have said when y'all pick me up from LAX Thursday, the first place I need to go is a dispensary. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. <laughs> Chill out that Thursday. You know, go go see uh, Vince McMahon star. Go check out Point the Hollywood sign. Puff Puff Pass. Hopefully at a dispensary we see the Godfather. He is going to be it in Hollywood. It would not shock me, actually. <laughs> it would not. Because, like, no, seriously, bro. Here's what I want to find, because I want to find Godfather's Weed, I want to find Ric Flair's, and I want to find Kevin Nash's. I want to try all three, bro. Well, they're all, all three of them are going to be at WrestleCon, so they may have yes. a pop-up dispensary there. <laughs> the problem is I'm not going to like really meet them. I've met them enough. I do have stuff for them to sign, but uh, I'm not flying with retros. That's what I got for oh, Nash. I wouldn't recommend that. 
not after how not after what happened with my Brock Lesnar, but the signature came out great on that, by the way. I'm fucking really pleased. Um I do have a Kevin Nash Elite I might bring though. I've got his um another one of his series sixteen. I bought it just because I needed the case. So I, have, I might get I, it. I have a few things for Kevin Nash actually. I have that yeah. uh... I have his legends that came out a few years ago, his uh, WB superstars figure. And as of just yesterday, actually, I picked up the ruthless aggression, Kevin Nash elite available exclusively at Walmart. Very nice. Cause like, I do have like three retros, but anytime I've mailed one, it comes off the card and I'm not it, doing it. Right. It, it doesn't work. It's just not, I'd rather I'd rather him come around again type deal if I could. Uh but I I don't want to I don't want to go through that and I'm not going to to be honest with you. So, if I do I'll I'll mail I'll bring the series 16 elite with me. I do have some cool figures coming. I do have the Goldberg top picks for when I meet them. Uh I have both Naomi's figures, her regular and the Chase. So I'm excited for that. I was going to bring my RVD Chase 91, which is you fans probably don't have that, but I do. I know Justin doesn't. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring that. And then I realized uh, in Albany, we're going to have an ECW day. So I was like, okay, I can hold off on this now. And I got some other stuff, but uh, till then, you're going to have to wait to find out, folks. But if you want to see some great unboxings, there is a new video on YouTube today of me. And Justin, you ready for this? We hear it. It is a Owen Hart signed item. And I'm going to give you all a clue, fans. It's not an 8x10, okay? And it's but, not a nugget! <laughs> but you can go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. It is our newest video. It is an Owen Hart signed item. Owen Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time. So I hope you go and you check that out. Uh, you can so check it out. Oh, oh, he's thinking. So I'm going to drop the news. <laughs> I announced Chubby Dudley April 7th. Following Chubby Dudley will, in fact, Mantar is perched on the top rope. Oh, That's right. Shit. We have an interview with WWF star Mantar. My boy, he is my boy, boy. Oh my god, that's I'm fanning out right now. That's right. I've <laughs> marked out, bro. WWE Hall of Famers. <laughs> I interviewed Thunder Rosa literally the night before she had the first women's main event on AEW against Dr. Britt Baker. Current impact stars. You're damn right. I'm excited about this, and this is the one interview I'm gonna fanboy over. Oh my god. How exciting. 
I don't smile much. This shit hurts. How do you people do this? <laughs> Seriously, this hurts. Like, it hurts to smile. I'm happy like, for you, man. I'm happy damn, for you. Damn, <laughs> I don't know how you people smile. And that's not because like I'm a mean, miserable jerk. No, I am an asshole, let's be honest. Yeah, we all this are. hurts. Smiling hurts. Like, this takes a lot of muscles to do this. What the hell? Oh, man. Oh, man, Tar. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, April 7th, Chubby Dudley following Chubby Dudley will be Mantar. Uh, we also have Lindsay Dorado coming up. And I'm not going to spoil. I'll wait on that that last one to announce. As we get back into the swing of things with wrestling interviews, I also have some Throwback Thursdays coming out. And I am starting off with the Lex Express Lex Luger. Ooh. For that. So that's going to be pretty cool. You can catch all of those. They will be at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. But if you want just the audio, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we podcast there. It's perched on the top rope. After all, we've been on nine chartables and number one in Indonesia. So all you fans who tune in each and every week, we thank you. And thank you for keeping us on Chartable's Top 250. Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch the perched correspondent, Mr. 104, like he's better than Dean Malenko, because he's got the he's got him by three. Armbar. <laughs> it is oh, YouTube.com. That, what I met this weekend, Dean Malenko. I didn't even bring that up. It is YouTube.com slash injustin we trust. But while you talk about Dean Malenko, did you get him to inscribe your WWE elite man of a thousand holds? Dude, I didn't even get the chance to get an elite and it's, it kills me. Yeah. Well, you might want to hit up Jerry Sorrentino who brought him in because he does have a spare WWE classic that is in signed in yellow man of a thousand holds because mine was done in baby blue. And if you know Dean Malenko, he does not do inscriptions. Really? He does not do them at all, no. Oh. Look at anything he signs. So if you want it, Jerry Sorrentino has one. Interesting. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on TikTok. It's Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope, where we give a lot more news than you get here. We also have a lot of great posts like, on this day, I see I clearly... See clearly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, it is it is a post on what happened in wrestling on this day. Uh, there's also posts like, "Did you know?" Same with TikTok. Uh, TikTok is more satire though. With the "Did you know?" and TikTok, you can also find uh, Selena scenes where I recreate the greatest wrestling moments in history with Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" because after all, it makes everything better. Anyway, if that doesn't tickle your fancy, you can also see Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, get humped by a dog on TikTok. I can't help but laugh at that. I'm sorry. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast, where we post hilarious memes and more. Ladies and gentlemen, 
This has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Where we've said for the last 129 episodes, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out and on the way to WrestleMania. <laughs>